Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In Article 6 of Question 46 of the Summa Theologia Prima Secundae, Thomas Aquinas is going to be asking some really important questions and considering arguments about two emotions that we sometimes confuse with each other. And we really need to distinguish anger on the one side, ira in Latin, and hatred, odium, on the other side. And the question is, is is anger something more serious in, in the Latin, gravior, than hatred? And the you could say the subtext behind this, serious in what sense? Serious in being more bad or evil, right? Which of them is, you could say, malior, which of them is a greater malum, a greater bad thing within the person who is feeling them? And I suppose you could also say in general, in, in how it plays itself out. And there's some arguments that he's providing. And this is a very interesting article because it, typically Thomas will raise, you know, some counter arguments to his own position, which is that anger is not as serious as, as hatred. It's not as big of a problem. And he, you know, rattles off three of these. And then he spends a significant amount of time discussing each of those after he's given his own position. So the responses to the arguments are really fleshing out Thomas's own position in ways that isn't always the case in the Summa Theologiae. So what, what are the three arguments? Uh, the first one is, he says, it seems anger is more serious than hatred. Why? He brings up a biblical text from Proverbs. Anger has no mercy nor fury when it breaketh forth, right? So it's ira non habit misericordium. Misericordium is mercy or compassion, you could even translate it as. So anger doesn't have this. And, and Proverbs, the biblical text, is saying that. And he says, hatred sometimes permits or allows, has mercy. So therefore, anger is more serious. So because anger doesn't show mercy, anger is badder than hatred. So that's the first one. The second one, this is a very interesting case being made here. It is worse both to suffer, pati, right, to have evil imposed upon you, and to grieve over evil, or he also brings up distress. Dolor is the term used there, which can translate either of these. And so the idea is that for the person who is being affected, hatred is really just interested in the other person suffering evil. Like you kill them, right? And now they don't feel anything. Anger wants the other person to suffer and to know that the angry person is the cause of their suffering. Like Thomas says, for an angry man, it's not enough if a person just suffers evil. He insists the object of his anger be conscious by it and be distressed by it. And so he's deriving this from Aristotle, right? So in this case, anger does the same thing as hatred, but then it puts something else on top of it that makes it worse. 
So that's an interesting contention. And then finally, the third one, anger is more stable, more durable. It has greater lasting capacity. Why? Because anger is derived from multiple causes, right? So he says, when more factors are required to establish something, once it is constituted, once it's set up, right? Then it seems more stable. So a habit acquired by repeated acts is more durable. Anger is created by, as he says, concurrent causes, other emotions, right? Hatred isn't. Hatred is kind of a pure emotion. And so anger is more stable than hatred is, which, which means that it's worse, right? So a stable badness is going to be worse than a badness that can go away. Thomas doesn't think any of these are right. He thinks that anger is less serious. Why? Well, he starts out by talking about the object of these emotions, the objectum, right? And he says that the object allows us to assess, pensantur, right? To weigh both the identity, the, the species, and the nature, the ratio, the account of an emotion. And so what is it that anger and hatred are after. In one sense, they're kind of the same, right? Both anger and hatred aim at imposing something bad on somebody else. Okay, so in that respect, they're very similar to each other. But why? What is the point of it? So in hatred, you hate the thing that is hated, that is odious to you, because you view it as evil or harmful, you know, noxious, damaging to you. And so you naturally hate it, right? So, you know, we could have all sorts of silly hates. Ooh, I take the bitter medicine. I'm like, ooh, he hates it, right? And you do it because you don't like the bitterness of the taste. If you actually were smart, you wouldn't hate the medicine because it's making you feel better. But, you know, imagine a child, right? Oh, I hate taking medicine. Anger is also oriented towards doing something bad to somebody else, imposing bad upon them, but it's got a different reason. So he says, anger is directed against the one who has provoked it. Hatred intends evil, desires evil, right? Appetite. So intend or desire both work for this. Hatred intends evil as such per se. It wants evil as evil for what it views as an enemy. And so, you know, he'll talk about this as applying evil for evil per applicationem mali, right? You see the other person as a kind of class that you hate or as kind of thing that you hate, and then you, you want to destroy it. You want it to not exist. Anger is a little bit more complicated, especially morally speaking. Why? Because anger, as he says, aims at or desires the evil, but not as evil just for its own sake, evil as good under a certain aspect. So how does that work? Evil and good are contrary, right? Well, anger views the evil that it's imposing as, in a certain respect, a good thing. It doesn't think that it's good as such, right? Punching somebody in the nose is generally bad, but if they punched you in the nose and you're going to get your just vindication and you punch them in the nose, you're doing something bad that turns out to be good. And good in what respect? So here he uses two very interesting terms. He tells us that they regard the evil as just, justum, right? And as, now it's translated here as vindictive, but you should say vindication, right? Here, vindicatium. So it's 
the right uh, kind of suffering that's being imposed on the other person. And he talks about it as per applicationem boni ad malum. You impose something good <laughs> to the bad, right? Or as the bad, you could say. So he says that the desire for evil for the sake of justice is clearly less evil than to will evil to somebody absolutely. The person who's angry might be confused about whether their cause is just, but in their mind, they actually, they're not saying I get to punch people or do things, get you know angry, turn tables over just for its own sake. I do it because I think that in a certain sense, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for me to do to this person, not to just any random passerby. So this means, according to Thomas Aquinas, that although anger is still doing evil, it's doing evil, you could say, in a certain sense for good, at least potentially, right? Whereas hatred is just bad, right? It's willing evil for its own sake. And he, he actually says something very interesting here. The desire for evil under the aspect of justice can be inspired by this virtue of justice. So getting angry, imposing penalties on other people could be the right thing to do and even stem from virtue within you if it be tempered by the dictate of reason. If reason is running the show, so you can be angry and reasonable at the same time. Anger, he says, fails in this only when it doesn't obey the directive of reason in pursuing revenge. Like you, you do it the wrong way, or it's got spillover effects on other people, or you're too, too intense in your revenge seeking, or you impose it too long. All, all these sorts of things that go into assessing anger that Aristotle brought up, Thomas Aquinas is bringing up as well. Now, what is his response to the first argument? Anger doesn't show mercy. Hatred does show mercy. You know, Aristotle himself, who Thomas Aquinas is, is relying on significantly, says that this is a big difference between anger and hatred, although it goes the other way. Anger is sometimes willing to show pity or mercy or compassion. Hatred does not. And so he says, mercy is more likely in anger than hatred. Why? Because hatred wills evil to another as evil, and therefore no amount of evil will satisfy it. I mean, Aristotle says that what hatred really wants is the other person not even to exist, to not have being. And so hatred can go very, very far. It's not going to show compassion or be limited by that. Anger, however, is for something a bit more more specific. It wants to go up to a certain point and says anger seeks evil only by way of just revenge when the evil inflicted exceeds the measure of justice as he sees it. So the angered person is seeing that they went too far. Now they can feel bad. They can feel pity or compassion or mercy, misericordia, for the person that they have now hurt too much, right? If somebody says something mean to you, so you go and you punch them in the face and they fall down and they hit their head and, you know, start bleeding all over the place. And you're like, oh, crap, I didn't mean to go that far. I'm really sorry, right? Anger can do that, whereas hatred will be like, eh, I hate you, so die. So that's an interesting point. The first argument turns out to be completely backwards. And we see something kind of similar in the second part, right? So the second argument is hatred and anger both desire harm to the other person, that they suffer some evil, but anger wants to put something on top, that the person is aware of who's doing it and that they feel 
that suffering in the process. And Thomas says, well, that's not really going to make anger worse. Why? He says, vengeance is gotten by inflicting punishment, which of its very nature is contrary to the, the will, the will of the other person, right, who's being punished, uh, painful and imposed for, for some fault. The one who is angry wants the one who he's punishing to be aware of it and suffer and realize his suffering is in retribution for the wrong which he's done. So in a certain sense, what the angry person wants is not that the other person actually suffer evil for its own sake, just that they suffer so that they can be aware of the fact that they did something wrong and are being punished for it. It's really the punishment that the person is after, the angry person. And hatred just wants to do something bad, something evil, to impose something evil on the other person. And you don't care whether it's painful or not, because you know ideally you'd want to die. You'd want them to go away. You'd want them to be erased or eradicated. So again, the prioritization it turns out to be off base. Um, the third one is similar. Thomas is going to point out that what is produced by several different causes is more stable when the causes are of one kind. One cause can be more influential than many others. And he says the cause of hatred is more persistent than anger. Why? Because the cause of hatred is this viewpoint that something else is evil and harmful. So you know, so long as you see things that way, you are going to keep hating it, right? And you know, you could change it if you come to realize, oh, it's not, it's not actually a bad thing. The example of the medicine, realizing that the medicine is not something hateful or odious, but rather something beneficial for you. Now you stop hating it. But he says that anger arises from a mental disturbance brought about by an injury. And because of this, anger passes more quickly than hatred, right? And this is why he says, Aristotle says, hatred is more incurable than anger. So, you know, we, we get angry, we feel angry, we feel these different things that are part of it, pain or sadness, pleasure or delight, hope, all of this stuff is going on. And then we get angry, we retaliate against the person, and all these things go away. The causes are gone through the retaliation, and now we're not angry anymore, right? Whereas with hatred, you see something as bad, you're going to keep seeing it just as bad and want to destroy it. So as it turns out, hatred is worse, more serious, gravior, than anger, according to Thomas Aquinas, who, as I've pointed out, is drawing pretty heavily on Aristotle here, but going a little bit beyond what Aristotle has to say. And I think one of the really key takeaways from this section is the realization that what anger is doing is deliberately imposing something bad or evil on another person, but viewing that very imposition as something good because it is just or proper retribution. Could be wrong about that, but that's the way the person sees it. And so for Thomas, that means that anger is in a certain sense, a little bit more in tune with our, our human nature, less a deformation of it than is hatred. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.